0: Hey, if you like what you hear today on our Splitting Hairs podcast episode and you'd like to hear more content from us, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash splitting hairs and become a member. And by becoming a member, you'll receive very exclusive benefits. How about that, Max? That's cool. All right. Welcome back to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max and I'm Nikki, and together we are Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we'll be talking about our favorite Beatles albums. You know, we know we thought that oh, what a great introduction back to our podcast after taking a very long hiatus. As um, as some of you might know, Nikki and I took a Quite a maybe a, what a a few years hiatus a couple now. Couple years, couple years the last hiatus one. since the last splitting hairs with Max and Nikki episode that we did. Um, a few things have uh, taken up our time, unfortunately. Um, well, not unfortunately. They were good, good, good things. Good, there uh, were good things, things good things. We you know, doing. we we've been working on. Uh, well, I'll relate this to what we've been working on. So, one of the reasons why we're doing favorite Beatles albums is one. We love the Beatles, and who doesn't? Second, um, we're musicians, and we, while we do a lot of originals, we also do Beatles covers. And um, third, we really like the '60s a lot, um, you know. And so there you go, you know. And so related to what I was going to say is one of the things that's been sort of taking Six, up '60s. Well, not, yeah, not all of the '60s. We can get delve into it more later. I mean, there's certain things about the '60s I don't like, actually. But well, maybe we should just talk about the '60s. The si- the '60s, man. Um, well, are you sure? You now, nah, let's let's keep oh, it let's keep it more specific. Okay, and then we can talk, we'll, about, we'll talk about it about, around we'll, our discussion on. We'll on talk the about Beatles. the 1960s for another time. We can, but we could also discuss it within this topic, actually. Well, anyway, the point is. Um, Beal's albums, that's the topic. Things that we have been working on since the last time we recorded an episode of the podcast was um, we've been working on new songs for our band. Um, so keep your ears peeled out for... Uh, your ears peeled out? Keep your ears peeled for uh, those new songs coming out, hopefully sometime this summer. That'll be exciting. That's right. And and our, our band is influenced... Um, heavily so heavily by, by 60s music, yeah, um, including and, the Beatles and the Beach Boys, and and 80s music and, and such as the, Smiths, too, and, and, like the and, Smiths and and um, and modern some modern music. stuff too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I listen to well uh, contemporary stuff. I, I listen to say. contemporary production techniques, you know. So um, that's kind of interesting, you know. Well, and there's there's some. I mean, look, contemporary music is kind of like an explosion, and it runs the gamut of kind of. You know, I feel like there's no distinct... I don't, there's nothing... Right now, I feel like there isn't a... Well, well never mind. What are you talking about? No, never no, mind, no, never you mind. don't know never what mind. you're saying. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, well, no, it is. It is an explosion of styles, actually. If you... No, that's not what I mean, though. No. I'm talking about <coughs> production techniques. No, sure. There is, like, sure. something to be... Uh, anyway, there is. I don't want to bore you we guys We could talk with about that. it another time, but there is something about contemporary music that tends towards um loudness no well i actually think i think people are kind of
1: well that that's push, not pulling but back that's not on what that i'm talking bit. about I i'm mean, talking about
0: there's a as far as production techniques what seems to be more the popular thing to do now is there's a lot of um you know kind of a digital kind of sound to no do. but that's not that's exa- that's that that's what i was looking at max okay this is what this is now you are proving my point then no you're proving my point original point which is that it runs the gamut no but that's not no i was looking this stuff up in the so digital sort of recording techniques started happening kind of in the 90s you i'm know, not talking veering, about I'm veering, not ta- veering away from analog that is can not i just what explain I, uh-huh. and and um people really just wanted to You know, so if you hear a lot of like late '90s, early 2000s recordings, they're very um, digital sounding, and in subsequently, they're very sort of sterile. um, A lot of people today think, and but at at a certain point, people thought, "Well, wait, wait, we don't want this kind of sound. We want an analog sound, but we want to be able to record with digital equipment because it makes it easier to manipulate the sounds." So, what people try to do is especially people in home studios, as they try to achieve an analog sound, but with the inexpensive digital equipment that they're using today, you know? and um, Because not everybody has access to a an expensive studio that they can record in. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Most studios anyway use digital. I mean, they record in digital. No, no I, they don't. They, they record with digital. I don't want to bore you guys, but they... I don't. They record with digital software, but they don't. the The equipment they're using, like the microphones and the amp, amp amplifiers and the preamps and and all that stuff, <sighs> yes. is very often is is analog. Well, but I'm not even just talking that, about the, the mixing you... boards are 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 analog. You know the, I, yeah, the okay, but I'm talking about the software used. That is the industry standard it is. Pro Tools. Yeah, I mean, but but, but the, 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 the compressors even that they use are, are analog. We obviously don't have access no. to all those things. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, Okay, but this is actually... This is getting to stuff all, that... This is all regardless of what I was talking about. I'm not talking about the techniques they're using as being digital. I'm saying the quality of the sound has um, kind of a digital vibe to it or like kind of a futuristic vibe. I, I don't want to say futuristic, but sort of... It's hard for me to say, I don't want to say electronic vibe because that's such a general thing to say, but well, if you listen for, let's just take listen, like for instance, let's take Billie Eilish, for example. Um, the the quality of that sound is very, for lack of a better word, is very um, contemporary sounding. There is something, um, well, there is something to achieve the effect of what their, the way they sound, sounds it doesn't sound like something that was okay. vintage or anything okay, like that. Okay, but You know, there's something very... Okay, but that's not... There's something very, uh, okay. I, I okay. don't know, digital it about out. it. I don't know Get how else out. to put it, actually. Well, that's yeah. not what... Okay, but... Uh, okay, I guess that's what you mean. But that's not... Most things recorded there, there's going to be... It's not going to sound completely vintage. I mean... Not that... Not That's not a... I'm, I don't mean that as a pejorative. I think it sounds really cool, actually. That's well, what I'm saying. that that okay, but, you know, our own music is going to have a vintage vintage quality to it, but yes. it's going to sound like a modern production because we are recording with modern, you know, software and, and things like that. You know, that that's the idea. I, I don't want our stuff to sound like it was from the 60s, you know? Right, but I just want to mention, when Nikki says modern, he means kind of, as opposed to, like, genres of, like, modern, like, if you think of classical music, you know, or, or oh, like my brother, high Jesus. art. There is a distinction between contemporary and modern. Modern tends to mean, you know, That's, the modern why era. Why are you bringing this up? <laughs> well, anyway, that kind of started in the, around the turn of the century, the twentieth century. Gosh, wow, you know, talking about going people on like Kavinsky and, and Debussy. It kind of, you know, Debussy is kind of known as to be the the uh, the, the person who kind of started the modern era. Uh, for, forget about splitting hairs Max. And he does uh, more like stream of consciousness. With Max and Nicky. Well, who I'm is. just saying, uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, but contemporary music is what's happening now. That's what i I, anyway, anyway. Uh, but, but okay. What but what I'm about. saying is, you know, our music has a 60s, in, big 60s influence and, and 80s influence to it, but with a modern edge, as I like to say, you know, um, and, or a contemporary edge. Well, but that's no, not our contemporary edge. Uh, that's not what I mean. Nah, no, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really just, you know, messing around here. Um, but I will say there are some producers out there today that I really respect, um, like the bassist for um, for Grizzly Bear. His name is Chris Taylor. He's a very good producer as well. He's produced some other music, like the Morning Benders, and and he's just he knows what he's doing. If if I had a chance to work with a producer. I'd, Today, I'd, it would be him, you know. That's um, yeah, you know. Well, um, also just to give an example of somebody that does use just all analog stuff um, is Mac Demarco. It's Mac Demarco, and he, it, that sounds cool too. I, yeah. That he that is correct. He does, but you know what? Inevitably, because things are transferred over to digital files on the internet. Sure, I'm sure he it, was. It was mastered digitally. There's sure, going to yeah. be. Um, there's something, you know, something is going to become digified in that process, you know? I mean, you can't really digitize. You can't, you know, right. most people, I mean, you know, are, don't have unless sensitive li- enough ears but to un- tell. Unless, anyway. you're, unless you're listening on vinyl or, you know, cassette or something like that, you know, it's going to... Anyway, um, Anyway, we had just... That was a huge but digression. But we digress... <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's get back to the real topic at hand, which is our favorite favorites. Wait, 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 Hold wait, on. What? Is there any news we want to uh, oh, mention? Okay, before let's we just get mention. Into- <laughs> let's mention that um, you we know we're getting back, back into the sw- swing of things after we've this been big long quarantine. We've, we've done a few live some- shows. Um, mm-hmm. We're fully vaccinated. know we have been for uh, at least a month. As now. a friend of mine said, um, I am fully max, fully vax, fully vaxed to the max. Uh-huh. Okay. Fully vax max. And um anyway, so fully vaccinated we're we're starting to do live shows, getting reacclimated to going out into the world. You know, Max and I were very strict during the quarantine about about the quarantine. We were very strict I was the about strictest it. one I know. More even more strict than Nikki. I was the second most strict I know. And and, and that said we you know, we, I went. Max and I live in Brooklyn. I went to Manhattan once during the whole quarantine. Well, we don't need to talk about uh, this. anyway. Okay, that okay. We don't need to talk, we don't to talk this. about this. Okay, you're right. Um, anyway, let's get into it for real this time. For real this time. After h- how many minutes here that we've been going? Twelve minutes. Boy, we've been yamming away. Yamming? Uh, Yammer, yammering? away about not the actual topic at hand. So let's. Well, get Well, but that's on. all about splitting hairs, as you. We, you know, we delve into, into the minutia, in the- and 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 subsequently, tangents are formed. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, in you any know. event, the Beatles. I mean, love, you'd love be hard cold. pressed, and you'd be hard pressed to find somebody. Well, I who guess. Who didn't like the Beatles? Who doesn't like the Beatles? A lot of people consider the Beatles their favorite band. And we are no exceptions. We uh, we love the Beatles. They are um, our favorite but band. Let's, but let's. Why, what? you ask? Because every song of theirs is a hit. I mean, I wouldn't say every song of theirs Pretty is a hit. Pretty much every song of theirs is a hit. And I mean, but. You know, I took a quiz before. I, I will say I don't, I don't dislike any of their songs. I've I took a quiz before. Do you dislike any of the Beatles' songs? No. I think they're all, there's, I think most of them are great and most of them are hits. A few of them I can understand. Some people, I know I've talked to some people saying that some of them they don't like, but I always find something of value in all of them, actually. Well, anyway. um, Including Revolution uh, 9. I once took a quiz, see how many Beatles songs I could name within a span of like, I don't know, it was like 15 minutes or something like that. And um, you know, there's I think there were about 220 Beatles songs recorded or something around there. Maybe maybe may been less, maybe it had been a little bit more. And but I was able to name I think like 184 Beatles songs recorded in in that amount of time. Pretty good, right? I couldn't do that for any other band. I mean, Probably uh, most bands are not, aren't even that as prolific, so, you know, but I mean... I took the same quiz. I Now, I part of the quiz, though, was a little confusing because it was including covers that they did, and that's, I would have gone lot. a lot more, actually, had I known that. I thought it was just all original stuff, so I felt that was a bit unfair. So the point is, well, one of many points is we have a lot to say about the Beatles, and... Here we go. So Max, what's your uh what's Well, I just want to clarify Beatles when I album. said including Revolution 9, I had said that before. I I am not saying that there is merely something of value in that song. I think that it's an it's important and I think it, I I like it. Do you? I mean, I don't know. You know what? It's been a while since I listened. I actively decided to listen to Revolution 9. You know, perhaps it's interesting. I should, interesting. It's I should, I should interesting, take a delve into it's that. It's an interesting once again. experiment in sound. actually. Well, no, I mean, look, people in the '60s bands started getting influenced by, I should say, of the time modern, contemporary composers at like, you know, quote unquote high art music, whatever you want to say, like Stock Stockhausen. It was Stockhausen or Stockhausen? Well, anyway, he was one of the, he was the only living composer on the cover of, um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, for instance. And, uh, they were influenced by his, his compositions and his techniques. Um, as were many people at the time. And, um, a lot of, I'm sure they were listening to some of these composers and, and Revolutionary Revolution Nine was an influence uh was I think uh, a result of listening to a lot of um a lot of this type of music. And I'm sure maybe even hey, by the know, way, for those of you um you know, listening or watching the video version of this, you know, it's been a while since Max and I have gotten haircuts, so our hair is kind of all over the place. We're going to get so a hair connection. Speaking of splitting hairs, we're talking about our own, you know, maybe we, we need to split some, some hairs. We got three haircuts during soon. the quarantine. Those three haircuts were given by each other. We, we cut each other's hair. We cut each other's hair. Um, we bought hair cutting tools online and so on and so forth. But, you know, anyway, um, just, you know, yeah, you know, my hair's getting kind of long. Anyway, also... Mickey seems to think my hair has a bit of a mushroom thing going on. Maybe it kind of does, but I, I think it's fine. I like it. I mean, it's but fine. anyway... What do you guys think? You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, you don't have to say what you think. I don't... I don't you care. know, Max, also, this Stockhausen thing, come on, let's wrap it up on that subject, huh? I well, you know, it's very interesting. You guys should check him out. He's a very... Uh, was, an, was a very interesting composer, um uh was on the cutting edge with actually with production technology actually you know with, I, okay. with synthesis in fact interesting synthesis but of is sound. it pleasurable to listen to oh yeah it can be very yeah definitely well anyway so with all that said what is your and and that's a question you can ask about revolution 9, revolution 9 was it is it just interesting to listen to or is it pleasurable i mean you could make an argument for um you know. All right. Well, what's your favorite Beatles? Anyway, album? let's get on with the real subject at hand. Um, I know I just mentioned Stockhausen only, but there's uh, many oh other composers out there. I just want to be clear. You know. Anyway. Um, so, uh, my favorite. You know, that's a very tough question, Nikki. Um, I I would probably have to say, especially since because of the uh, the medley portion of it, I would probably have to go with Abbey Road. Um, May seem like a typical answer, but it's, Wait, no, that's not a typical answer. The typical answer would be Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I no, think. I, I usually the typical answer would be Rubber Soul or Revolver. That's what most people say really? when I ask them. But Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is often ranked the highest because of how groundbreaking it was, and it was, and influential, right, and inspirational. My well, guess: influential, inspirational, pretty much the same thing. What was uh, well, my? Actually, it's not what's my true. favorite not Beatles album? Actually, did you ask that? Uh, I didn't ask it. So we. Do you want to ask that? I, maybe. What's your favorite Beatles album, Nikki? Well, I probably would have to go with Abbey Road myself. <laughs> but this is not to say discount the earlier Beatles albums. I do love the early Beatles stuff. Um, and A Hard Day's Night's got a lot of great hits on it, you know, and that I would rank very high in my favorite Beatles I, album's I list. I would rank high, you know, Please Please, please me, me, you know? Which uh, was their first album. I mean, I I really love the, the covers that they did. You know, Anna is one of our favorites. Um, um, sure. Baby uh, It's Anna, you. go to him, yeah. Um, but, you know, you know... Although those aren't on the same Hard Day's album, Night, sorry. it's got If I Fell, it's got and, it? and I Love Her on there, and I love her... It might be my favorite Beatles song, Um, or at least no, it's it might be. I would say it's in my top five. You know, along. I should have known better is one of my favorites, and that is also on on Hard Days Night. Hard Days Night, exactly. I mean, you know, you got a lot of great hits on there. You know, I mean, I would say Can't Buy Me Love and you know Hard Days Night. Magical Mystery Tour has a lot of my favorite tunes. Well, I used to say Magical Mystery Tour, which is more of a soundtrack album. I used to say that was my favorite because it has All You Need Is Love on there, which, Strawberry Fields, forever. Forever, well, yeah. yeah, uh, But, you know... uh, um, Wait, is it called Strawberry Fields Forever? It is called Strawberry Fields Forever, yes. That's that's the full name. Um, Uh, You know, but Hard Day's Night, it's, like, those early Beatles albums, they're really fun to dance to, and not just dance to, but listen to, and they're very good. Um, (laughs) It's okay. um, But... Uh, well, here's the re- thing. But oh, as an Oh, I wanted to say this. I was trying to remember, and I love her. It, it's one of my top five Beatles songs, but, you know, She's Leaving Home, which is off of Sgt. Pepper's She's Rolling Leaving Arts, but, Home man, is... That might be my favorite Beatles song of all time. Maybe, maybe. That, but also All You Need Is Love, which is on Magical Mystery Tour. Um, you know, I know this is a typical one, but Hey Jude really is great. It, I mean, that is the top sure, five. That. I mean, I, I kind of do like these anthemic ones are, are kind of fun, you know. Sure, uh, not kind of fun; they're really. But fun Abbey things. Road, it's really just um, as an album. I think that sticks out to me is the best album. Abbey I Road. Think. Does I think a part stick- of it is because of, they really use the album format because of the, the medley that they created. You know, right, I that they and of, I, you know, I think John Lennon once said that it was sort of a cop out that they made a medley. He was just said something like, "Oh, these were just a bunch of incomplete songs that we threw together," you know, and. Maybe that was true, but maybe it, but it worked. It works well as a medley, you know. I think, um, work wraps its way around. You know, I mean, like the medley starts with "You Never Give Me Your Money" and speaking of uh, "You, you Never Give Me Your Money," let's see what what is the song called on McCartney one? Um... Wh- what is it called? Baby, I- maybe I'm amazed. No. Ooh, 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 Tonight, actually, I'm gonna have to look this up. Nikki, talk while I look. I I don't know, but I can't believe. Sorry, uh, Beatles fans, Paul McCartney fans. I know this is uh, sacrilege. I can't believe I I can't remember this name right now. it, It just sometimes, you know, sometimes I forget things that I'm so familiar with. And I just can't remember the name for some reason, you know? Well, speaking of Paul McCartney's solo stuff, Good Night Tonight, I know it might seem kind of cheesy to some people, but I like it. It's a great song to dance to. It's got a nice sort of funky bass to it. I like that song. It's good. I say it's good. Um, Abbey Road, you know, it, it starts with You Never Give Your Money, and, you know, that the theme of that song sort of co- wraps back around on... on carry that weight, um, which is kind of cool, you know, and it's just a really solid album. And I think they, they, it was the last album they recorded and I think they knew that was the end and which is why the song, the end or part of the medley, I guess, the end really is kind of more poignant because it really was the end for the Beatles. Um, well, I think they, they also, I don't know if you mentioned this, they really wanted to kind of, there was apparently a lot of kind of tumult, tumult, can I say that? It was very tumultuous, the, the recording of Let It Be. That's not entirely true. No, no, hold on. I said it was apparently tumultuous. It, it had been apparent. It had been apparently. Although there's a lot of footage about to come out soon that Peter in Jackson new, has compiled. In the new Get Back in documentary. The new get back documentary that that'll show perhaps that... There was that, a lot of fun. That, was, that there was a lot of fun, and in fact that, that that may have not actually been true. But, you know, when you record with people... For a while, I mean, we we argue at times. You know that happens. You know, so there may it may not have been as tumultuous as the, as the media had led on. Um, but with that said, you I know think there they, were things like George Harrison going, well if you want it? Why don't you just recall it?" Or what was it? Was it how does it go? That wasn't the best impression. But um, uh, well, I don't know. But he's like, "Why do you keep telling me what to do?" Or, no, that was on I think the White Album, maybe or maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Um, but uh, they did, I think the idea was we they wanted to, to really Souls make... They want, we used to play Souls and they got hit, we used to go. Ah, I, whether or not it was the feeling that, that Abbey, Abbey Road was going to be their final one, they did nevertheless, I think, wanted to make... Whether or not they had believed Let It Be, the production of it was tumultuous, they wanted Abbey Road to be a better you know, experience. Experience. So, and you, I feel like you can hear that in that album. But it's, you know, the, I, I love Even a lot though of I the stuff before the, the medley, you know, um, by the way, just such to, as Here Comes the Sun, I, I, one of my favorite Beatles songs and I think a lot of people's, it's very, very good, but also Because. The well, song Because is just, it's really beautiful. Right. It's well, really also, cool. you're forgetting about something. I mean, George Harrison kind of really I, I'm shines. Not, why are you saying I'm forgetting about something? I didn't forget about it. I, well, I just didn't mention it. Yet. Well, I know, I know. I'm saying you're forgetting to mention it. That's no, what I'm I mean. not forgetting to mention it. No, I was going to. I was going to say George I Harrison. Didn't, I didn't. I, I purposely was waiting to okay, say. Okay, it, it doesn't matter. So on top of that, Frank Sinatra he once said that his favorite Lennon McCartney tune was something. When in fact George you're Harrison well, I written just written it. I, I think. It's a testament to how uh George Harrison kind of really started to shine through um, you know, in in that album. I no, think No, well, actually not not really in that album. He shined through on the wide album too. I mean, while my guitar gently reaches is one of my favorite. That's true. That's true. I know. I'm saying what I, I'm kind of reiterating what people have said in the past is that he really started shine. I think this is why people what I'm saying is why people seem to think that he started to shine through in that album and I think Frank Sinatra saying that oh I think that's the best my favorite Lennon McCartney tune because they had been the ones that had been known as the songwriters you know and I think that idea of the maybe the the caliber of songwriting was so good on something that he thought they wrote it even though he even though he had written great ones before that you know I'm just saying what people, what the, maybe the thought process of what people were thinking back then, you know. Um, I think George Harrison, you know, not only While My Guitar Gently Weeps, but, um, you know, Blue Jay Way is really good. I like that song a lot. Well, that's on Magical Mystery Tour. I know. Well, that's before.
1: Well, know, not just that, but Out. like
0: on Revolver, Man is a really, it's got a really cool rhythm to it. <laughs> yeah. Ta- no, I know, I know. I'm just... I'm yeah, just well, that's saying, really cool yeah. yeah 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 no see you know george harrison you know people like to discount him and saying like he really be you know was really be, became a great songwriter towards the end but who knows if he was being held back like who knows what the politics he of, also introduced, of were in that band he introduced you know, about, uh, about eastern uh, influenced uh instruments and music to the rest of the beatles and and introduced it into the Beatles' music initially. You know. By the way, I Which just wanted to really mention, cool. you know, as many of you know, uh, just to say that the song I was talking about was "Every Night." Um, the Paul McCartney, the Paul McCartney one, one, oh, one that's on Ma- on McCartney. You, one, know, you know, retroactively called M- McCartney one. I mean, it was just called McCartney when it came out. Um, it's just called M- McCartney one to just dis- you know distinguish it between McCartney two and, and the most recent McCartney three. I believe that. Right, that uh, that just came out, right, Nikki? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, I have not listened to that yet. Actually, uh, I think I, that's right. It just I think came McCartney out in two came out at the end in the beginning of the eighties. Um, McCartney one came out in the beginning of the seventies. Um, a lot of people and McCartney three came out in the beginning of the twenty twenties. Every night, it's funny. I just looked it up on Wikipedia every night, and it does say that it has the same kind of, uh, melody as, um, um, uh, you never give me your money. Okay. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, Abbey Road, it's just... I, maybe it was intentional, you know. Abbey Road is really sort of, you know, if you listen to that "Because" song because, not to be confused with the Dave Clark Five song, because, which we also really love a lot and, um, and we cover... Um, That's a good song right there. Dave uh, Clark Five, one of the other um, British invasion bands um, from the, you know, kind of the mid-60s that was kind of competing. I mean, nobody really could compete with the Beatles and the Beatlemania was so big, but they were, you know, they had a few hits too. But yeah, no, Abbey Road is, is, you know, I just, it's... I like all the songs on it. I like Octopus's Garden on it. That's really kind of a fun tune, and, you know, it's something I really— It's a a Ringo effort there, too, one of the very few Ringo efforts. Although, you know, some would argue that George Harrison sort of helped him with the writing of that song. Well, I don't know if people would argue that he helped him. I think he did help him, but you're saying how much did he help him? Who knows? Sure. You know, and some people knock Maxwell Silver's hammer. I like it. it. Maxwell Silver's hammer. It's it's Maxwell Silver's hammer, right? No, Maxwell Maxwell Silver hammer. Is it Maxwell's? So it is Maxwell's silver hammer. See, Maxwell's silver hammer. Right, And I know these. No, but it's it's kind of like you know, Midsummer Night's Dream. I know how to say that now, but sometimes you would think, you know, in the past, I thought, oh, is it Midsummer's Night Dream? Or night, I mid-summer's know, but, night dream. Okay, stream, just think about singing or, the song. But it's mid-summer. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silver's Silver's Hammer. You, you didn't say that. Bang, bang, bang. bang Maxwell, Sil- Ma- Maxwell Silver Hammer came so down. You, you wouldn't go. Bang, a- bang, bang, Maxwell Silver's Hammer. Oh, wouldn't that, sound, that would sound true. wrong. That's true. Know? That would sound wrong. You just think about the song. If you're if you're questioning what the title of the song is, just sing it to yourself, and you'll realize, oh, this doesn't sound right. What was I? Oh, yeah. Mid, it, it, a midsummer. Uh, no, it's a midsummer night's dream. I'm sorry. No, a midsummer night's dream. Yeah, a midsummer night's dream. That's what no, I meant. Yeah, to. yeah. No. You see, you messed up again. I did. I did. I was like, I'm that doesn't make sense. No, but it, you could think a midsummer's night dream, but that sounds weird, right? It's a midsummer night's dream. Or no, but no you could say that's not some true. people might Actually, say you, a midsummer's night's dream. You know what I'm saying? What Nikki understand? just did. But actually, you could say a midsummer's night dream because you can dream during the day too. So it would be like a midsummer's night dream. No, but you could think a midsummer's night's dream. Do you understand what I mean by that? K-N-I-G-T-S? No, 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 no. K N I G H. that's not what I mean. I mean like... A, okay, a night's dream. You mean like Love's Labor's Lost? No. That's it is called Love's Labor's Lost, that one. Right, exactly. Love's Labor's Lost. But I think that's there's supposed to be some sort of humor in that actually. No, but like that there is a, a midsummer double possessive. A midsummers, like okay, so the night's dream is being possessed by the midsummer. So like the possessive of night's dream is midsummer. So you would say a midsummers, and then the dream is possessed by the night. So, night's dream. Do you understand what it's saying? No, I get it. It's but, a double possessive. Yeah, but right. But it is a midsummer night's dream because a midsummer night is possessing the dream, if you know what I mean. But there is love's labor's lost. I, wa- I saw that um, at Zellerbach Hall in Berkeley, at UC Berkeley. <sighs> okay. Um, when I was a senior in college you know what we just on just on a sidetrack because we're talking about shakespeare no, but it was it, it was done by the um globe theater the globe theater uh, the traveling the globe theater i i just on a sidetrack side note we recently watched the 1968 film version of um of romeo and juliet Zeffirelli. zeffirelli's romeo and romeo juliet. juliet and it's it's Good overall. It's a good production. It's but actually quite good. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, "It's, it's this is really good." It's actually. quite good, and the acting is 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 quite good in it. Uh, especially the guy who plays Mercutio, he's very good. He's very good. He's very good. He knew he seems to really understand the role, the language, and like there is also the way it was interpreted. I've, the way the fight between Mercutio and Tybalt kind of gets seems going. more friendly it seems it's like it's a great of, no don't ruin it for people oh, was, well, it's a great interpretation of the it's a great interpretation of it that I don't think you often see and I like that interpretation I think the most okay but that's not okay we well, that's not what we're talking about I just wanted to say that um also oh, but just that, let me There is a big moment of sacrilege though in that in that movie and that is That they cut part of Romeo's monologue, uh, you know, the But Soft Will Light Through Yonder Window Breaks. You know what they cut out of there? Okay, it's probably the second most famous Shakespeare monologue after To Be or Not To Be, right? From Hamlet. To be or not to be. That is the question. What is that from? What is that? I don't know. I think Brent made it up. Or maybe not. No, he didn't. Anyway. Did he? I don't the, think the, so. the whole thing is, no, but I soft a, would yeah. lie through yonder winter breaks. It is the east, and Juliet is the sun, and there's a lot more. But they they cut out. It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. That was just one of the f- few lines that they cut out of that monologue. Can you believe that? That's crazy to me that they would cut that out of that monologue. I mean, that's like saying to be or not to be, and then not saying that is the question. You know, I mean, it's insane in the membranous region, as Max would say. Anyway, it's insane in the membranous region. That's true. Um, You know, I'm a bit of a Shakespeare sort of um, aficionado. I I, I don't know as much as other people do, but I I have read my fair share of Shakespeare plays and I've acted uh, um, a few Shakespeare um, characters. Um, So, you know, I know a little bit about it, um, and I've taken a couple classes on Shakespeare when I was in college. Anyway, I don't want to brag or anything. So anyway, Abbey Road. Well, I don't know. Max, stop looking up things, you know? So, well, you know, it's good to look things up. Um, but uh, well, just what's an interesting thing though, by, by the way, we watched Shakespeare, that version of Shakespeare, Romeo, and, Romeo and, Juliet. and Juliet, and then subsequent to that, like a, like a week or two later, we watched West Side We, St- we re-watched. West Side story by the way, we had seen that Zephyrelli's we Juliet we when a we lot were younger, we were ninth grade, grade yeah but we couldn't not. not but, appreciate you know it I, I feel like you can't really appreciate Shakespeare until you're older you know I mean it, it's it's a hard language to grasp and and for a young well for to, even you know adults I mean it's right, hard you know right and I mean sometimes sometimes I mean, our, our point, friend was friend was reading along with subtitles she, you know w- with subtitles and reading along with his you know, sometimes there's a you know there are books out there that kind of help translate the language spark to notes. you. Well, no, not SparkNotes is a different thing. Those are more summarizations or summaries rather. That's not true, really. Yeah, I, I, clearly you've never used SparkNotes before. They have for Shakespeare. It's called No Fear Shakespeare, um, and they have the tec- the original Shakespeare text, and right beside it. They have translations of every. Okay, well then he was sentencing. using that. And, and this guy was a very smart guy, I'd say, you know, smarter right, than me. Well, how long are we going to talk about Shakespeare for, you know? Um, anyway, we had rewatched West Side Story, which is obviously it's a, based a very on great, musical, G- and it's great, great musical, but it's based on on Romeo and Juliet. G- and so it's an interesting thing. Which to, in turn was based on Pyramus and Thisbe. Okay, well, that's just interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting, I guess. It yeah. is interesting. Okay, well, um, it's I, think fun, I had to It's, read read fun, to, it's fun to um, have rewatched both of those back to back because you can see the, you really can see the. I mean, it's fun to see how you know how they changed part of the story to to fit a more modern context in in uh, *West Side Story* and the things that they left in, and and it's just fun. It's interesting to to check that out. I know we keep saying interesting, Latin, that's kind of a very. Uh, you know, not a very descriptive word, but you know, what can I say? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um anyway, um, what I wanted to say was uh we rewatched the West Side story. Very good. Um, obviously, um, as we've always thought. One of our favorite musicals of all time. I think maybe Max's favorite musical of all time. I think even after watching it, it might be my favorite musical. Yeah. Um, Um, it, the music is, Bernstein's the best. He's, he's great. You know, I think it's one of the most, if not the most, um, as far as the music goes, the intent, the artistic intent behind the composition of it, I feel like is the most, um, realized, I feel like, as far as any musical I've seen. Uh, no, maybe, but not maybe not totally mo- the movie version a- adds an extra layer of or, or, exi- a, a, or of an artistic like- film of filmic vision which it, it adds more it, it adds something to the film that maybe you other, couldn't get with other, the stage other film adaptations of stage musicals don't do you know right um, Robert Wise great director he also directed um, you know uh, um, The Sound of Music which is another great musical film um I mean he won best pick that won both of them won best picture but uh, I was going to say yeah the in, in, it seems like he Bernstein um intended the most artistically or it was more thoughtful I feel like the artistic intention than any other musical that I've seen although that may not be true totally I mean Sondheim certainly is very well, I mean... Very it, good. Sure. I mean, well, you know, are we talking about also just adaptations or are we talking about, you know, just movie musicals? Because there's certain ones, you know? I I'm mean, not talking about just the songs themselves. I'm talking about the whole... The orchestrations as well, the whole composition. Oh, yeah, well. but if you think about, like... The light motifs You, you know, use, you La La Land, know? which we both enjoyed very much, the artistic vision behind that was very ast- outstanding. I mean, like, just what was accomplished... You know, even in just the, the latter half of the film was just amazing. Actually, you know, what are you talking about? What La La Land? You know, La La Land. Yes, but um look, that is a great movie. I love it. I'm um, I mean, sure it's not flawless, but it's still you it's know, not flawless. But it's. I mean, same with West Side Story. There's, you know, I it, I don't find that. But to be what a perfect he wanted movie. to say was there's some there's aspects of it. That what he, I he wanted I don't to what Max I, wanted to say was like, after having watched the f- film version of Romeo and Juliet, watching. It was interesting to watch West Side Story. Was, just just saying that after having watching watched the Romeo and Juliet from the late sixties and then West Side Story, I have to say it was very interesting. No, it it was very <laughs> interesting kind of to see the um, how West Side Story adapted the different scenes of Romeo and Juliet and yeah. see how that was translated. I mean, it's it. Into modern times, it, it, it really makes you respect West Side's Story more. Because it makes you respect you're West Side are like, story. oh, this is what they're doing here yeah. with Romeo and th- Juliet. Th- thank like, you. Yes, yes, yes. That's what you were trying to say. Th- yes, 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 yes. Anyway, gosh, yes. we really go. You know, that's sort of one of the points of this you podcast is we about. go off on tangents a lot. Tangents are made. I mean you may have thought that you were just going to get us talking about the Beatles and and our favorite Beatles albums but no you're learning a lot more. You know I recently was As watching Are We? I was watching this sort of documentary that um Leonard Bernstein kind of uh was the uh the narrator for I guess or he he kind of uh he started it off actually. He but, with himself playing I, the piano. I watched it too yeah. Um but he was talking about 60s pop music, actually. The Beatles in particular? Well, no, actually, not just the Beatles in particular. He was talking about a lot of 60s music, but he did talk about the Beatles as well. Um, And he was talking about aspects of 60s music that he thought... Because at the time, a lot of, you know, older people um, had a disregard for 60s music, pop music, because they thought it was, you know... They just didn't. It was bad in bad taste, or just it was um, sophomoric in their efforts okay, and, or okay, whatever you know, on. or just didn't consider it high art, or okay, whatever, okay. or valuable for their kids okay, to listen to, okay, or for okay. them to listen to. All right, let's let's get on with it. What's and the point? he was he was um, using examples by listening to some uh, of the Beatles recordings, some other people's recordings. He actually brought Janice Ian on. To perform a song, and she talked if about the If you don't know Janice and she she famously uh, uh, sang the song at uh, um, sorry at 17, 17, at 17, at seventeen at seventeen at seventeen. And he was talking about lyrically and harmonically and theoretically how and rhythmically how um, how interesting and innovative that these musicians were being and and progressive they were being, and he thought. You should definitely not have a disregard for these these musicians, and there is immense value in listening to them. Well, that's that's. Um, very and he he did he did, okay. he did um, qualify that a little bit in the beginning, saying like, I mean, it's funny that he said most of what comes out is is crap. Is what I mean? I don't know if he was he didn't use the word crap, but he said but listen to some of these things. But it's funny, there was just a myriad of examples he used. So I'm like, some most of it? I feel like... I'll- well, anyway, but who Matt, knows? Okay, can, that, can I, well, can, I speak? can I, I, speak? I just, can Let I me speak? just say one thing. Can I speak? Let me just say one more thing. Jesus it's Christ. interesting to, to, to think of the songs that we listen to today now from the 60s, and we think that we list, we've listened to... We know the 60s so well, but I'm sure there was a lot of stuff coming out to, back then that we don't hear on the radio or... Oh, people, time has just chosen to forget. Um, and so maybe he was right in saying that most of what came out back then was not good. Who knows? Oh my goodness gracious. That's how radio, can I get it? The radio, into the can industry of radio can is I very I interesting. Can I thing I in that Larry, can I finish? It doesn't, it, des- it decides for you what to remember, which is kind of, okay, an, uh, let me get a chance to speak. Um, it's interesting that Max says that about Leonard Bernstein because he's right. A lot of the older composers back then even pop composers weren't a big fan of maybe those younger bands such as Burt Bacharach. Now, Burt Bacharach is one of the biggest influences on my own songwriting. We got to see him live and San We got to see him live and one of the things he said when we saw him live was that he had never been a big fan of the Beatles even though they covered really? his song, Baby, It's You. That is weird and wild, chef. I did not know that. Um, he said that because they were about to perform that song, Baby, It's You on that live show and um he said he wasn't ever a big fan of the Beatles, and I thought, wow, for somebody who created some of the biggest pop hits of the 60s, if you don't know who Burt Bacharach is, by the way, he wrote tons of, uh, like, many, many pop hits from the 60s and, and 70s, and even 80s, such as, you know, uh, say I Say a Little Prayer, or... Um, I'll never fall in love again. Do you know, you know way or, the way to Santa's or do you know the way to sand? He did all the music to butchcasting the he did Head." He did Arthur's theme from you know, when you get caught in between the moon New York City, you know. Um you know, he did a lot, you know. Um maybe it's you When you, you get know. caught between the moon husbands and wives, New York you know. Um, um The best you you can do. Or is it wives and lovers? Uh, I think it's wives and lovers, right? Ooh, hey. hey, little girl. da-da-da, Well, stop looking things. I think it's wives and lovers. It is wives and lovers. Yeah, um, he wrote a lot. You know, he um, wrote a lot with Hal David, of course. But um, promises, promises—a musical that uh, actually, I say, a little prayer is in that musical, right? Nicky? Oh, oh, close to you that the Carpenters made famous. Anywho. Um, what do you get when you fall in love? Is that what the name is? Or is it, I'll never fall in love again? I'll never fall in love again. Oh, oh, you know, What the World Needs Now is Love. Oh. Jackie DeShannon wrote us Ladies and gentlemen, that. Mr. Burt Bacharach. <laughs> That's In Austin Powers, they, he plays that song. On the um, anyway, um, so what I wanted to say was there was always these people that were trying to criticize, even in the 60s, trying to criticize the Beatles because they were just, or so just f- rock and or roll. But there were so many people trying to have a backlash against the Beatles. Cause when something becomes really popular, pe- even today people try to poke holes and try to find something bad about those popular people, but they couldn't do, they couldn't hurt the Beatles. They were so big and they just made so many great songs that there was, just impossible. The public was going to like them no matter what, you know? And that's pretty cool. Well, okay, so that, to go back to our original topic, um, I think what's interesting about, I keep saying interesting, I'm sorry, guys. Um, what's noteworthy about the Beatles is how much they're, how, how progressive they were in their music and how much they changed their, you know, the their outlook on on how to compose music um, throughout the '60s, it, it it's pretty profound, you know, and I think that it certainly is. Um, I I think that is something Bernstein was trying to put, kind um, of trying to highlight. About oh my that, goodness, um, man! <laughs> Talking <laughs> well, about like taking forever. I to mean, just something. listen to Abbey Road and compare it to Please Please Me. I mean, that was all within the span of just ten years. You, you know, know? I I once met somebody. I, whenever somebody says that they don't like the Beatles. I just think, oh, they haven't really listened to the Beatles. I remember this one person I talked to before. She said, oh, yeah, I don't really like the Beatles. All their stuff sounds the same. And it's like, if there's one band that all their stuff that doesn't the least sound the least same. true about, that's the Beatles. All their stuff sounds different, you know? I've been watching some of these reaction videos to people listening to the Beatles for the first time on YouTube recently. And one of the biggest things that, one of the most common things that people say reacting to Beatles songs is, wow, all their stuff sounds so different. Like, I thought I didn't like the Beatles after listening to this song, but then I listened to another song, and it was totally different, and I liked that. And that's what's cool about the Beatles. They have so much to offer in the way of... Now, let's just talk about our favorite... The original topic was what was our favorite Beatles album. And we did talk about a few things. You know, I was talking to a friend recently, and... um, you know, some people say the White Album is their favorite. Oh, Golden Slumbers, by the way. I really love Golden Slumbers, which is on, on Abbey Road. I mean, it's very good. I know it's a condensed part of the medley, but it's just it's great. And also I don't know. Anyway, it's it's not particularly influenced by rock and roll, you know? I feel like that's one of those songs that is was influenced by the sort of you know British music hall um, songs, you know? You wouldn't say that? No, actually. Are you joking? Okay, what would you say is uh, I would say the music hall stuff that he was influenced by was probably like When I'm 64 or something like that, you know? Okay. I think that Golden Slumber is in fact, that is actually very, has a big like anthemic quality to it, you know? As very much, like, was a very, I think, contemporary-sounding thing at the time, you know? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Think about just the part of Golden Slummers, you know? Go-da-da, da-da, da-da, da-da. when you rise. Sweet pretty darling, do not cry. And I'll sing a lullaby. I mean, and then, what are you talking about? And then it gets really... First of all, the lyrics, you know... I already knew this before, but the lyrics were, you know, the 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 words were basically written from a poem from uh, 1885, you know, so. Well, okay, by the way, you're saying 1885, just, well, it doesn't matter. Um, so, yes, so we, I feel like we've talked about Abbey Road at Ad nausea. No, we didn't. No. No. I mean, we could go through every individual song. We won't. But you know, she's well, so why heavy. We, we can go through every She's song. So Heavy. Um, you know, I want you. That song is it's very long, but it's very just that's a very like heavy song, too. You know, like, you know, like like I can see how that had a big influence on maybe heavier. Not metal, but heavier rock and roll music, what would come later on in the 70s, you know? Well, rock and roll has, I wouldn't say any music's called rock and roll. Or rock. I would say maybe rock music of the 70s. Right. Um, But I would say, yeah, totally. Also, it had an influence, also, kind of length, I think, of songs. I mean, songs became pretty long in the 70s, I think. Or, the ability to write long songs that could be hits, I think people, uh, you know, found that to be more um, pos- possible. I think in the seventies, and maybe this is one of the reasons. You know, um, like t- think of "Stairway to Heaven." That's a long song, or it's a longer song, a longer hit song. You know, sure. Or even you know, "Bohemian Bo- Rhapsody." You know, sure. Um, but okay, if you want to talk about all, you want to talk about all the songs, Go through the, the list of songs of Abbey Road. <laughs> We don't have to. No, okay. We don't have to. I mean, Sun King. I love that song. It's very relaxing. I like just putting that on if you want. I know it's very short, but it's it's a nice song to just sort of sit back and relax to. The Sun King <laughs> like that a lot. Well, I mean, there's also you know you're forgetting what Mean Mr. Mustard man. I don't I don't need to look at a, a, a track listing. Well, like, you forgot like you. you forgot to say Come Together though. You know that's a- I, I didn't forget that. I was getting to that. The reason I didn't mention Come Together is because. Frankly, it is a little played out. I mean, everybody plays that. It song. It is played you know? out. It is played out. But I think it's a great song. It is a great song. But w- was we saw one time in high school, we went to a classical. We were involved in the classical guitar we, we ensemble. We took, we took at classical the, guitar class no, no, at we, the community we, college. No, we were in the classical guitar ensemble. That's at, true at the, at the com- community, local college, community college next to our, our high school, and um, we went and saw you know our teacher recommended to watch this you know, one guy okay, He was a classical what? guitarist and, and so we saw him do a live performance a of it version. Of- the last song he played was a, uh, a solo acoustic classical guitar version of Come Together and it was so choice very good yeah so choice okay um, and a funny thing that we would do with our friend often was you know we would say can you do that you know clearly we couldn't do it you know but we'd always say, "Can you do that?" You know how the how what he was performing. He would do. He really? would play, and then he would do the. You know. You know how it goes. Dun 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 dunna. He would do the. Do with his fingers on his, on, his, his, up, on his like not on with, On the body on, he of his He would do his it like with his thumb. You know, it would be kind of like this kind of thing. No, I think it was both with his fingers as others. I know about that, but it was a very cool effect. Um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, is there, a, well, anyway, we've kind of talked. Well, you know, there's Polythene Pam, you know, which was sort of kind of more like a surf rock kind of thing that John Lennon was trying to do there. Um, I mean, we have been talking about this, you know, I mean, is there something, maybe we should start wrapping things We should up. start wrapping up, we're almost at an hour here. Um, oh, Oh, Darling, by the way, that's a great oh, song. Oh, Darling, one of my favorites, you know, and I know John Lennon, he did say that that was more of a song that he should have sang, but I think Paul McCartney really wails on his voice on that song. He's very good, and I think, like... Wait, you know, John Lennon thought he should sing that? Yeah, he's like, oh, that, he's like, it was a good song, but he's like, I always thought that was a song that I should have sang. You I, know, that was more of a John Lennon song. It's kind of song. funny to hear that, because... It's so ingrained into our, you know, minds that, that Paul sings that song because it's so well known that Paul sings it, that it's hard to imagine John Lennon thinking that he should have sang, sang that song. Well, I don't know. Also, you know, I'm not saying Paul McCartney's a better singer than John Lennon. I like them both equally for different reasons, but Paul McCartney certainly was a more versatile singer, and he he had a bigger range. I mean, he was able to do certain things that a lot of singers can't do and and John Lennon couldn't do. Like, he had this sort of screaming wail to him that even John Lennon was like, how do you do that, Paul? And Paul just was like, I don't know. I just can do it, you know? Like, he does it in Oh Darling, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a conversation people like to have is who do they prefer john lennon or paul mccartney and maybe that's a conversation we can have on a future podcast i episode. don't even want to i don't think i would want to I mean, delve there because i think they both have you know Oh no 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 that's not that what i'm saying like. maybe we About can have a them. guest on it because personally i i couldn't pick between i couldn't the two. pick between the two i think they're both great in their own right. Yeah. And... And they both have influenced me greatly in my own songwriting. Greatly? I wouldn't use that. Uh, in, in, it, when you say influence greatly, that kind of reminds me of Trump, actually. I don't like they that. Oh, sorry. Then strike that from the record. Because <laughs> he both, would say that often in a speech. They both like, have... It, this... I've influenced the nation greatly. They both have influenced me immensely in my songwriting. Sure. Um... Yeah, so there you go. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about Abbey Road? I mean, is there... Um, I guess that's it. It's a great album through and through, you know? I mean, Her Majesty. I even like that little, little Diddy. You know, if you guys don't know, the story behind that is they had not intended to include it on the album, but um, they found uh, the engineer found it on the cutting room floor and decided to tape it to the end of the reel. And... It came, at, when they were listening back to the full tape, They there was some silence, and they heard that little bit of Her Majesty at the way, very end, and they were like, oh, we like that a lot. Let's keep it there. So that's where they included Her Majesty. All right. Um, I think that about wraps things up. Just want to emphasize once again, I do... There's not an a, an a Beatles album I like They're all great. They all have great hits on them, you know. And um, but if I was, I suppose if I were pressed up against the wall, I like, suppose if I were pressed up against the wall, I'd have to I'd say, i have to say, I'd have to say, "Bok um, I had a my professor. No, not why would you say I had? We both had. Well, In we, fact, we have, I had him as a teacher twice. Okay, uh, well our. Our, Our Bach professor in college, a professor on Johannes Sebastian Bach, who is my college. favorite professor. And he also, I was also in the Baroque ensemble. I played Baroque guitar in the Baroque ensemble. He was Nicky the te- played Bach in he, Baroque ensemble. He was the teacher for that. Uh, um, uh, you know, he was a big fan of Bach, obviously, since he, but he was taught also about him. He was a big, big fan, fan of, of William, William Byrd, Renaissance, Renaissance composer, who he wrote his dissertation on. And we and asked him, well, well who Professor Maroney, if you were to have to pick between Bach and William Byrd, and you ha- could only pick one, who would it be? And he said, oh, I couldn't, I can't do it. I just, I love them both. But he said, "But suppose if, if I, I was truly, I would, truly, truly pushed, pushed up against, up against the wall, wall, pressed up against the wall, pressed up against the wall, it'd have it to be, be Bach. I mean, he truly was the greatest. You know? I once, he, he asked me the semester, the end of the semester prior to Uh, taking the Bach class he said oh hello Max how's it going and I said oh it's fine you know and he's like what classes are you going to take next semester Max and I said well I guess I'm going to take this French course I'm going to take the you know harmony you know final course in the harmony series and he's like are you going to take are you going to take the Bach class and he said oh yeah of course and he's like oh that's all I wanted to know I just thought it was a very good professor, and yeah, th- we always thought it was. Funny. We always the loved going to his office hours just to even chat with him, f- you know, extensively. He was a very, you know, easy person to chat with. He is a world-renowned harpsichordist as well. Yeah, and yeah, we, world, one of the we, top harpsichordists we in the world. Got to go world. to his house before, and he had these really old harpsichords in there. Wait, that you were, went there? I did for the broke ensemble. Oh, one. I went there. I didn't go there that time. I believe I had something to do, but I went. A few years later, actually, after I had graduated from college, and he had had invited uh, both of us, and um, I got to play on some of those old harps, those harpsichords. And did you you play on them? I did, and in fact, here's a way to cool. Here's a way to wrap things up. Is um, I think I was there with you, actually, to be honest. No, you weren't. You were. You had. Oh, maybe. I'll bet you five dollars. Well, anyway, um, he had this album. In there, that he put on, it was of a harpsichordist playing jazz tunes and Beatles tunes on the harpsichord, and we put that on, and it was cool. So Beatles well, tunes even played on the harpsi- harpsichord. Well, there you go. Uh, let me just. Uh, interesting to note is that harpsichord wasn't used in in several songs of the Beatles, including oh. the song "Because." Oh yeah, which is on Abbey Road. Wait, uh, there's harpsichord in that, are you sure? Uh, I don't think yeah. you're right about that. I, I think I'm, there's like synthesizer in that or something No, like no. That. Do, do, dun, 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 yeah, that's dun, not dun, a harpsichord. Dun, dun. Um, but many people think that In My Life is a harpsichord, um, but it's actually a piano that's sped up. Ah! You try to doubt me, but I know. I, you try to make, make me doubt myself. It is a, actually an electric harpsichord. Oh, well, there you go. But you, yes, there is also a Moog synthesizer in there, or Moog, however you want to pronounce it. So you're right about that There being a synthesizer. Well, there you go. But I, if you want to take a look here real quick. But you said you doubted me my, because I know the way it starts, the song, you know. But, uh, right, but in my life, though, people think it's a harpsichord, cause, but it's actually a piano that's, that's being sped, sped up. up. Basically, Am I right about that? Yes. George Martin, he couldn't play In My Life, which is on um, Rubber Soul, um, which I actually played, I covered In My Life at our high school graduation. It was one of the most nerve-wracking things I ever did in my life was perform, in my life. perform a song in front of our high school graduation. There were you know thousands of people. Thousands? Yeah, because there were, there were 400 graduates or something like there that. There were 400 graduates? Yes, there were 400 graduates well, I around. Th- then there wouldn't have been a thousands. Think about how many families are coming to, I mean, think about the families coming to um, these graduations, you know? I mean, just think about that. Okay, but you there, know, I, even, you're though, even there were, if there okay. were two people per graduate, that's it's only 800. Okay, 800 plus the 400 graduates. Okay, but that's still not thousands. I guarantee there were thousands of people there. So you're there, saying- I would say there were a lot, at least 2,000 people there. You were saying that there's at least 2,000 people I would say there's at least 2,000 people there. Maybe. I think that is true. Anyway, very uh, nerve-wracking. I did perform it, and guess what? Got a standing ovation. <sighs> okay. people, uh, People liked it, I think. Even though, you know, I'm sure if I look back on a recording now, I'd be very embarrassed. Um, you know what I'm embarrassed about having done at that graduation? I wore, you know, you, you'd have your gown and then you, if if you graduate with like, you know, with some achievement or something, you got like kind distinctions. of Distinctions. Distinctions. You get like a gold sash or like ropes or whatever. And we had all this like stuff on our necks that I'm like, I should have just not had that I did that oh, my i co- I don't agree with you, I'm glad I wore it i it it shows that you know I worked hard in high school and I'm shown that i this is kind of a symbol of that you know, yeah, but it's like would you need to show that off to people now one thing that, I need, do that regret, I, I, I need to show re- that regret i regret I really regret is um you know there was a senior awards night um you know basically. A lot of awards were given out to seniors in, in our high school, and there was a night. I mean, do you really want to talk about and this? Okay, I and mean, our older brother, that same night, he he was a, he in a sketch group, Boom Time. They were performing, and our older brother Brent was saying, You know, this might be the last time you could see us perform live as Boom Time. And we're like, Oh, which one do we go to? And we decided ultimately to go see Boom Time because Brent. Kept well, no, saying, we were at the beginning. We were at the beginning of the senior awards night, but then we were like, Okay, we got to go. Max and I, by the way, we were getting a lot of awards, like more than anybody else. You don't have to say that like More that. than anybody else. I mean, and it just it so really, happened that we were getting- We were, we should, well, because we really were involved in a lot of activities I and things- I know, but you're saying it almost in, in a co- kind of a braggadocious kind of manner. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, to show our appreciation we, in gratitude, we really should have stayed at the senior awards night, but instead we left that senior awards night in the middle of the awards show- and we went to our older brother's boom time show. Was it a good show? Yes. Yeah, Should but we have, have left? left? No, because I really regret it. You know, I, I'm like, you know, we, you know, they still continue to call our names even after we had left. And uh, it just, even the next day, Max and I got caught in the tardy sweep. And I remember the football coach who was running the tardy sweep was like, so I heard you guys swept you know you guys cleaned up at the awards senior awards night last night and we're, you know Max and I were thinking well yeah it makes you wonder why you're making a stay in the auditorium in this tardy sweep instead of going to class you know, to your best students, I always thought you i know? thought those were really stupid these tardy sweeps they had if you were tardy you were held even longer in this auditorium for being late, and I'm like... For bad kids, it, it's for like, bad for kids, bad kids, they don't care about going to class. Like, they'd rather be in this wouldn't church. Wouldn't you rather the kids be in class? I mean, for like good kids, for good know? kids like us, you know, I mean, you know, Max and I were two of the best students, you know, in our graduating class, and... Um, you don't have to brag about no, it. No, I'm just saying, anything. it. you don't want to keep your best students from going to class, right? I mean, well, no, that, you don't want to keep your... Actually it's the opposite nick you don't want to keep your worst students from going to class actually you don't want to keep either you don't want to keep either in fact i would argue maybe the better students uh have less you know they don't you know they i feel like they, so they maybe they don't need, the to, go to, they don't need to go heard. to this class as much maybe you know the I one don't. Do you get d's in school well, i just think personally i think it's kind of all dumb because yeah maybe they should get some mark off in class, but you should allow them to go to class because it's like wh- this is school. You're saying sp- anyway, you, you want them to I, go to school. You know what? You know? That's another topic for another time. High school, the hours, homework, etc. High school, the problems with high school. Oh, let's talk about that let's next time. Let's talk about that. Now ooh, that's th- a subject to be had. Yes, it's true. Because ooh, I've got a lot to say about high school. <laughs> sure. Anyway, um, I think that's about all we got to say about the Beatles. If you haven't ever gotten to the Beatles, please do. It's about time, and um, it' because they're the best. They're simply the best. They truly. If you want to think that there's other better the bands, you're just lying to yourself. You know, well, no, either I mean, that, either that, or you just haven't listened to them enough. No, I mean, look, I can understand why someone might consider certain bands to, that are not the Beatles to be their favorite band. They are my favorite but band. I can I can understand, understand it, but they're it wrong. Is my favorite band, but they're wrong. I know, but I I can understand. You know, but, if, and it's, if, a, you, a, it's it's a, you if know, you for some place, people like they, they it might be a nostalgic thing. They grew up with a certain if band. If you place, or it might be like their parents much, played for them. If a you place band. as much emphasis on melody when listening to music, and I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, well, some people look, as, look for other if things. You don't, if you place, place p- as much... Mel- some episode. people place emphasis on lyrics. If you, you know? place as much emphasis on melody as we do, then there's no denying that you would like the Beatles. I mean, that, there's just no way, you know? I mean, of course you would like the Beatles because all their songs are, are melodic and catchy. You remember all of them. Sure, but I, I can understand... You can't fathom why somebody might say that it's not their favorite band. I mean, I mean, I can, you know... Uh, you know, I know people close to me that w- would say that, but, I, I, you know, they're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much, folks, for tuning in to another edition of Splitting, Splitting Hairs, Hairs with Max and, Max and Nikki. Nitty. See you next time. Once again, if you like what you heard or saw today on our special edition of splitting hairs with max and nikki and like to view or listen to more content from us please visit our patreon page patreon.com slash splitting hairs and become an exclusive member today